10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, Sunday, January 21st, Cat and Hal are here. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Feeling electric. You have a good week? Anything exciting happen? No, nothing exciting happened. Patriots won. Looks like we're playing the Eagles. That's about it, dude. You went to Lake Placid for the weekend? Yeah, it was pretty good. I played like shit. Um, but it was a fun time. I actually I got to hang out with Cowboy uh, last night, which was pretty cool. Cowboy, for those of you who don't know who that is, He's our beer league enforcer, and uh, yeah, we had a good time. Hung out with a bunch of Glens Falls and, uh, and Queensbury kids, and like talked about like their glory days, which was which was pretty fucking funny. Uh, it was a good time though. Hit up Wise Guys, dude. If you go, ever go to a Plaza tournament, you gotta go to Wise Guys because they give you like sixty free free beer tickets. And our team didn't go the first night because like we were trying to be clever and like oh second night we'll go to the bar like we'll have all these free drinks. I probably used maybe seven of the tickets, and um, they they ran out of everything. <laughs> so like, th- thanks guys. Uh, which one? I'm not gonna ask. Well, wise guys. It's right. It, yeah, it's right downtown. It's like a, I think it's a little bit off of downtown, but it, it's like right by there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was funny though that you didn't do well because I like hadn't heard anything about the tournament from you, and now I know why. Yep. I, I mean, it was all right. It was probably the best hockey that I've played, like, since, like, competitive hockey because we, we were in the gold division, humble brag. Uh, but it was uh, it was, it was pretty good. It was fun. It was fast. I kind of want to put my own team together one, one day. I think that would be kind of cool to get all the boys to go up there. But um, Before we get into NHL in the news, I just wanted to say quick rest in peace to Jim Johansson, uh, USA Hockey's GM. Uh, he passed away, so... Our condolences, T's and P's to to you, Jimbo. Um, anything to add to that, Hal? Yeah, sad story. I mean, it's like a couple weeks before the Olympics. Maybe the U.S. Olympic team can kind of, I mean, like... Maybe rally? You don't want to... Yeah, kind of rally for the boys. For their old GM who gave them the chance to play for the Olympics. Maybe that's kind of uh, will help them out in the long run. It's weird. I don't think I'm saying that properly. No, I know, I know do you know what, you what I'm trying to say? I, yeah, I, I know I'm saying it. Like, like let, let's do this for Jim. Kind of thing. Yes, I'm not saying like, oh yes. Like, stop this, it! Like, this stop. You yep. You're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, okay, so now we're gonna get into NHL news before he fucking says anything dumb again. <laughs> NHL in the news. Uh, big week. A lot of things happened actually, but Hal, I think just like last week, I'm gonna let you go on a little bit of rant about one of the hottest teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Kind of pushing themselves to be like a Stanley Cup contender. So, what what do you got on the bees? Yeah, I mean, just a huge week. Uh, I don't even like really know where to begin. There's so many different things I could talk about. But points in 16 straight, 
Bruins are on fire. I mean, you can't really stop them at this point. It's crazy to me. Like they get, they've gone down a goal like almost every like the last like four games. I think every time they've gone started out like down a goal, and automatically they score like within a couple minutes. I mean, the Bergeron Pasternak Marshan line is the best line in hockey. I won't debate that with anybody any longer. I always thought it was like kind of debatable. I thought it was a homer saying that, but like at this point, it's kind of ridiculous. Like how they basically dominate every single game. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I mean, it looks good uh, from Bruins land. I think the thing I'm worried about is not can I, can I bring Can I bring season. something up really quick? Uh, the Bruins, I mean, original six team, pretty big market, right? I feel like the average hockey fan wouldn't know that that was one of the best lines in hockey. And to me, that's kind of wrong because I, I completely agree. I think they are. I think that line's fucking sick. I would love my team to have that. But I think if you ask the average hockey fan, I don't even think they would have a clue that that was going on. Yeah, I know. It's, and I don't really know how to describe it either. Like, Patrice Bergeron's, like, most well-known, not well-known player. Like, he's, I think he's extremely well-known at this point. But, like, at the same point, like, he, time, he should have been an all-star. He doesn't, like, he doesn't score as many goals as the other guys do. So people, like, they don't get all fucking horny about it. Like, he's just, he's, he's one of the best players in the league at all ends of the ice. And I think just because he's not putting up 60 goals a year or anything like that, he may not have that, like, shine to his name. I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah, and I think on the other flip side, uh, like if you just kind of look at uh, Marshan, like I think Marshan still has that like rap thing kind of going. Like some people still haven't gotten over that, but he has 48 points in 37 games. So like he's doing it. I mean, Pasternak has 44 points. They've got, fuck, they, don't, they have 59 goals combined, which is kind of crazy to think about for one line when you have like uh, pretty much half of the season left. So, I mean, from your perspective – before I get into a couple other quick Bruins notes, I just want to hear, like, I'm still not, like, convinced this is a Stanley Cup contending team. Like, I think they're a contender. I just don't – I think it's going to take some luck and a few other things for them to win the Cup. Like, what is your point of view as an Eastern Conference fan on the Boston Bruins? I'd be scared to play them. You just you just told me you have the best line in hockey, right? And then your defense – we can walk through that really quick. Char is nasty. Tory Krug's good. Uh, McAvoy, new young stud, uh, McQuader, uh, who else do you got back there? Miller. Um, and who am I missing? I'm missing one other guy, aren't I? Carl. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's great. Um, your first line's sick. You have a bunch of young kids to do the depth thing. And then I was thinking like, what about their second line? Like what's really going on there? Man, you got David Krejci, you got David Backus. Like, you guys got a lot of depth on that team. It's not like you throw out a line and the other team's like, okay, this is this is the line that we got to really turn it on against. You know what I mean? Like, every line's going to be a challenge for, for the guys in, in the show. So, um, the only thing that would rattle me, and I think you're probably going to get mad at me about this, is I used to be, like, a huge Tuca guy. And I don't know if it's just Joe Haggerty, like, fucking with me. But I should I don't know. I've, I've kind of gotten, like, a sour taste for him. Like, I think he did, I think he used to be really, really good, but I think he may be, like, declining it. I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's just kind of, like, what I'm thinking. I mean, he got off to a slow start, but I think, like, I don't know. I mean, if you look at, like, his last, like, five games, his split, all his save percentages are up. All this, he's been on, he's definitely been on the rise, and he's a huge reason that this, like, uh, win streak has been going so well. So, I mean... The thing with Tuka, like, if I'm being wholehearted, and I love Tuka Rask, and I will defend Tuka Rask, and I think Tuka Rask is one of the best boys in the league, it's just, he is prone to, like, missing, but kind of, like, lose his head for a game or two. 
And the, and the other thing, too, about Shugarask that, like, I don't know other... I'm sure other hockey fans have goalies that are just like this. Like, I think Tukarask is so positionally sound and, like, he's always in the right place and he, and he has such good reflexes that he makes everything look so easy that, like, when he lets, like, a goal in, it looks terrible. But, like, his game is all about positioning and being that, like, Euro... He, he just seems like he's so professional in his approach as a goaltender that when he's when he's letting in goals, it literally looks god-awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't can know if see that, that makes sense. No, I think it does. Um, other than that, man, I think, I don't know, I think you guys got a great team over there. I'm jealous. You're, you're getting to watch some kids actually come up and play. You have great fucking leadership on your team. You have some nail guns that will stand up and fight for stuff. Like, that's all I would want on my team, so. Yeah. Yeah, and a few other brooms to uh, the legendary Garden singer, <sighs> Renee Rancourt's retiring. Kind of pretty sad news over there. I, another one I might need to get your opinion on. He's like this old French fuck. He sung opera. He didn't know what hockey was, and then he's been ended up singing for the Bruins for like over like forty years. I think it's like forty-one years or something like that. He started in seventy-seven. He's got the fist bumps. He's a showman. Like, sure. what do you think about Renee Rancourt? Because some people think he's, he sucks. Like, and I think what I need to preface this with. It's not about his voice. Like, his voice is, like, kind of fucked. But, like, it's all about the emotion it's and everything the energy else that he brings to the table. Yeah. Uh, so I read I read something on Barstool. I think it was Feidelberg said that uh, one time he had to, like, call Rene Raincourt and, like, talk about how weird of a guy he was. And that, like, when he picked up the phone instead of talking, like, how we're talking, he, he, he was singing his words. Like, he was, he was like, hello, how are you? Like, he was just, like, a fucking, like, weird dude, which I think is hilarious. Um, I that sucks for you guys. I think if it meant anything to you, you probably would have written a blog about it. So I don't really know if this is just like you puffing up your chest or whatever. But I think if it if it really meant something to you, you know, maybe there would been a blog. I don't know. I, I just uh, writer's block. I didn't. I don't think. I don't think I wrote the blog because I don't think I could capture the essence of how important Renee Rancourt is to the Boston Bruins. He is Speaking awesome. Of important to the Boston Bruins. Thank God the Bruins. Thank God Bruins fans uh, didn't go full Simple Jack on us and uh, boo Claude Julien. He got a standing out when he came back. Kind of a soft move in some aspects, but when you really come down to it, he brought the Bruins the first cup uh, since the 70s. So, like, you can't you can't hate on the guy. He was definitely past his time here, and it definitely soured, and then he went over to the rival team. But nothing but respect for Claude Julien. Uh, I don't know, man. I think at the end of the day, one year cup. So I think that that's okay. But I would always have something bitter in my head about, like, this guy fucking left our team and immediately went right over to our rival. Right. Like, where's the the loyalty, dude? I think I would agree with you. I think the only thing that makes it so much easier to swallow that pill is that the Habs absolutely suck and the Bruins are, like, second in the conference. That is true. But, okay, let's say that the fucking Habs were sick now with Julian. Like, do you think the reaction would be different? Uh, I don't think he would have gotten food still now. I, I think I would be more sour about the situation, but I think overall, if the guy wins you a cup, like, you gotta show a little bit of respect. I think it's fair to, like, clap for him, then have to be like, fuck that guy. Yeah, I can give you that. All right. So, uh, let's switch it up a little bit. Ooh. Your boy, Shat and Kirk. I didn't know this was going on. Like, I guess I haven't followed the Rangers close enough. Uh, it's a little bit harder now that I don't live in New York for the last couple of years. But he's out with a meniscus something, torn or something. Torn meniscus. Uh, torn meniscus. Uh, what do you What do you have on this? Like, I didn't know this either. I've been like reading through Rangers Twitter. Like, people don't like Shattenkirk. I 
Dude, the people who don't like Shankirk are fucking idiots. I think that they thought that Shankirk was going to come over here and be, like, a defenseman. And Kevin Shankirk's known for his offensive abilities. He was never brought over here to really defend. He was brought over here to fix a power play and get some fucking points on the board. Um, I don't understand how they let this guy play half the fucking season with a torn meniscus. And, like, and clearly he's not playing as well as he normally has. And they're letting this guy get fucking butchered by the media. Elaine Vignon comes out probably every fucking day talking about how Kevin Shankirk has a lot to work on. I I mean, I wonder what his mind is thinking, okay, I have a torn meniscus right now, and my coach is going to the media and fucking just, like, throwing my name out there. Like, if I were him, I'd be fucking pissed about that. Like, do you think he really wants to play on a torn meniscus? He will for the boys. And, yeah, he may not be doing that well, but his coach is just going to go out there pretty much every week and be like, yeah, Kevin Shankirk has not been the Kevin Shankirk that we wanted. Well, no fucking shit, dude. His leg his leg is broken. That, that blows my mind. This was, like, the worst management of this thing ever. And I feel bad for the guy. He signed a fucking awesome contract for us. And, I mean, at the beginning of the year, he looked awesome. And I think it was just a wear and tear of, like, it not being okay and, like, continually playing on it. Just kind of caught up to him. So what do you think, like, uh, and I completely agree with that. Like, you had to be, like, pretty self-aware of, like, what you were getting when you got Kevin Shattenkirk. I feel like you guys got that. I think he's been good for you. And he's playing through an injury, which puts other things in perspective. Like, what do you think the percentage is of Rangers fans that don't like him? Do you put, like, a – because they were – everyone was pumped to get him. Now you're telling me there's those idiot fans that don't like him. Dude, there's a lot of people that don't like him. It, it's – there's no – I feel like there's – I feel like there's no middle ground. It's either, like, you love him or you hate him. Honestly, well, I'd put it – I'd probably put it at 50-50. How would you compare him to, like, when Keith Andrew was a Ranger, like, in his tenure? Uh, thus far, thus far, very similar, which is kind of rattling because like they were, well, I one I don't think that they're being used like properly. Neither of them were. I mean, Shakur's kind of getting a little bit of a chance, but like when Yandel was here, Yandel was here for not really that long, and he didn't really get a chance to really gel into that core of the team. Where when you were talking about the core of the team, you you like included Yandel's name, and right now. Because, I mean, he hasn't played that well, and fucking A.V.'s been fucking thrown into the media all the time. I don't think when you think of the Rangers, like, core-wise, you're not there on Shanker Gekin. But we're also halfway through his first year on the team. So that's a little bit different. But, I mean, I, I like him. I think he plays hard. I think he wanted to play for the Rangers. He proved that. And no shit, he hasn't been playing that well because he tore his meniscus, and they didn't tell anybody, and then decided to get surgery halfway through the fucking year. Classic Rangers. Classic Rangers. Although, uh, although uh, plus side, they recalled Tony D'Angelo, so he's out playing for us now. So, like, I'm kind of... Yeah, I'm hoping he sticks. He probably won't because he's an asshole, but we'll see. That would be, be huge maybe if he actually gets his chance and sticks, and then you have both of them in the lineup when they come back, and you have Shane McDonough. I mean, that's, that's a lot of puck moving defensemen that can get and the puck out of the zone. Leas Anderson just got uh, the guy that threw the gold medal into the stands just uh, was sent to Hartford, so he's in the AHL now. Cool. Maybe he'll make an appearance too. So, another day in Rangers Nation. Yeah, pretty much, man. It fucking sucks. <laughs> All right, what do you got next, dude? All right. My bad. I didn't have the thing up. I was just uh, doing that. So Some then, host, Carey Price was diagnosed with chronic okay, buddy. syndrome earlier this year. Uh, so basically, Carey Price has fucking worked to the bone. He's fucking tired. 
He's sad. The Habs suck. He's tired. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> do you think this is like he's actually tired? Or do you think this is just him being like, fuck, I'm on a shitty team. I don't really want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, am not, I am not sure on that one. Like, he, he, I can see Carey Price going to the doctor, and the doctor's like, what's wrong, Carey? And Carey's like, well, I don't really want to wake up in the morning. I'm really, really tired all day. I have to go to the rink. I'm just, like, lethargic. Like, I'm kind of down. Like, like you know, and the doctor's like, do you think it's just because you don't want to be in Montreal? And he's like, no, that's not it. That, we have to have another name for that. So they, they did this chronic fatigue syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what the fuck do you have on this? I think this is just a guy, like, who's fucking sad. Dude, that's, like, that's a really good point. It's kind of like... Uh... When you like wake up in the morning, you're like, holy fuck, I don't want to go to work today. It's gonna be a goddamn grind. So uh-huh. you, like, you, take, you take a sick day. He's just taking a personal uh, health day. Yeah, trying to rejuvenate the batteries. But I mean, I'm sure he is overworked, and it's so funny too, just looking at this Montreal situation because Montreal right now it looks like they want to blow it up. Although I can't tell if they actually will. Uh, the problem with Montreal blowing it up is you can't tank when Carey Price is your goal. No, you can't. It's even hard. If, even if he, if he has a case of the sleepies. And he doesn't want to be there, and he hates everyone. He's still an elite goalie. His stomach but, hurts, dude. <laughs> what are you going to get for him? Like His trade value is not that high, because how many teams in the league can be like, you know what, let's drop $10 million for a goalie. Like, you're not going to get a huge return. You might get like a first-round pick, maybe. Like I'm serious. Like What team could uh, use a goalie? I don't know, man. I think... I don't know if Carey Price can go to... I don't think any team in the league would just take Carey Price on that contract. I think Montreal would probably have to eat some of it. But if you, I mean, if you're looking for for teams who need a goalie, uh, Carolina, Carey Price to Carolina, that'd be a fucking good fit. A lot of really, really young players, they'd win a lot of games. Buffalo, can you imagine Carey Price to Buffalo? Buffalo would finally have a fucking goalie. Like there are teams out there that that need a goalie like Carey Price, but it is going to be hard to fucking move him because of his contract. And I mean. Shit, dude, can you match up the Canadians got fucking rid of Carey Price? What would go on in Montreal? I feel like that guy's like a god there. I, I think the only reason, and he is a god, and I, I, think, I think at this point, Montreal fans might actually like be okay with it just because it would mean that they're finally going to blow this fucking thing up. The only problem is, is I know Montreal fans would be down on the return because you have Sabres who are demanding like 50%, like, I don't know, like $5 million, like yeah. 16 first-round picks, and, like, it's a new rink, like, to trade Evander Kane, and then you're going to get a shit return for Carey Price, who's been your whole franchise. Like, it's a shitty situation in Montreal, and I still love it. Dude, it's funny that you just brought up Evander Kane, because I'm going to get into this guy a little bit later uh, in Don Moore's, but Larry Brooks also made an interesting point. He, he was saying how he thinks that Rick Nash should – uh, command just as much as Evander Kane on the uh, at the trade deadline. What what are your thoughts on that? Because I thought that was so fucking wrong. But I I don't know. What do you think? Speaking of players that have a huge contract that will hurt their trade value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless the Rangers are going to eat up. How many years left does he have? One more. Yeah, he's done. He's done after this year. So unless the Rangers like only give up like half of the salary, can they do that? If they don't take anything back but, like, prospects and picks, could they? Well, they could. There's yeah, no way I think they could. they could. Yeah, I think they could. But Larry Larry Brooks was saying he thinks that, you know how, like, Buffalo wants all that for Vander Kane? That he thinks the Rangers could get that for Rick Nash. I don't see that whatsoever. Like, Vander Kane sc- scores goals. He puts the puck in the net. You're not going to fucking give 
a bunch of first-round picks for a solid defensive player that you're only going to be using for, like, a month and a half. No, I mean, I could see a team maybe throwing, like, a first-round pick. I mean, Paul Gostad got a first-round pick. That's the only reason I say that. I love, like, I love how you, you always go back to Paul Gostad getting first-round picks. That's fucking crazy. That just shows you how dumb people are at the trade Dude, deadline. Dude, who, who, uh, who on the Penguins? The Penguins just gave a first round. Oh, the uh, the fighter. Reeves. Yeah. Can you imagine, though? You know what would be so funny is if Nash went to the Penguins. Can you see him playing on a line with, like, Phil Kessel and probably, like, doing well or something like that? Him and Phil Kessel would probably be best friends. Do you think Rick Nash, whatever next team he goes on, is going to start scoring goals? Yeah, dude. It's the Rangers' fucking curse. The Rangers do this all the time. They, they get the fucking... The stud player that can just never fucking live up to it, dude. It's it's miserable, man. <laughs> oh, man. Like, do you remember Rick Nash on the Blue Jackets, how fucking good he was? Yeah, I don't know if that was just overhyped, though. Like, I, I don't remember. Like, I think he was really good, but maybe it was just in everyone's head. And also, like, I also after this whole Rick Nash thing's happened, I'm, like, if I'm an NHL GM, like, I'm probably never going to be, definitely probably never going to be an NHL GM. But... When you make deals for people like that, I think the one flaw, and I don't think I would ever do this, is to go after anything or give up that much unless that person's a center. I think it's fucking stupid to give a bunch of picks, a bunch of prospects for a guy who's going to be playing on the wing because cup teams are built through the middle and then back to the goalie. I mean, it is nice to have fucking high-scoring wingers, but it's way better to have a center that can get them the puck. 100%. 100%. A winger should not be your highest paid forward. No, I don't think so either. And I think that was the Rangers' biggest mistake. And looking back at it, I remember being like, yes, we're going to have a 40-goal score. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, I thought we did a lot of good things. Derek Stepan's the guy who's going to be fucking giving him the puck. All right, well. <laughs> All right, let's get you out of your Rangers' misery. Sorry, uh, uh, I'll, I'll take over a little bit. A little a- Andrew Cogliano played in 830 games before being suspended two games for late hit on Adrian Kempe. So many hockey hockey people are like, I can't believe it. Like he has. Well, I, can I give my take first? Because I think this is. I think I think this I think the suspension spot on. I don't know if you've like watched it. It was definitely a suspendable hit. And the only reason people are bitching about this is because of his streak. And I don't think the streak should be taken into consideration. Because if that's any other player doing that hit, everybody's completely okay with how many games they got. The only bad thing that came from this is I think like the night before Marchi or Dono. Killed, uh, who's the Ajo on Carolina? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sebastian, I don't know. There's he, fucking two of them. He fucking lit him up, and there was no suspension, nothing. And then Cogliano's thing, Cogliano's thing looked a lot less worse than what, than what Giordano did. But, everybody's just mad because of the streak, and it sucks because, you know, that's a lot of games played. Not many people can fucking say that they did that. So that, that really does suck, and he's not a dirty player, I completely get that. But you can't just fucking give him special treatment because he's played in so many fucking games. That's my case. And for the people who are like, uh, any other player, you guys would have been fine with this. Yeah, I mean... And, and, George Paris used to play with him. Yeah, maybe he was a big teammate. I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm literally watching the play right now, like, on loop. It's, it's, it's not, like, super dirty. It's but suspendable. It is, like, contact to the head, and he like extends into his head. That is My what own? that is what the NHL has been preaching for years that they're trying to get rid of. And yes, a lot of the times the NHL actually don't get it right, and they miss a lot of shit. But that is one thing that they, I think, they got right. You're right. So like, I don't know, man. There's two things. One, like, it kind of sucks that his like his. I think 
his record was impressive. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm not going to sit and contest that. But at the same time, and I've said this for years, like Cal Ripken can suck my ass. <laughs> like I, I really don't care about Iron Man streaks. Like it's very impressive. Hockey, hockey's way different than baseball, though. I think. I think hockey's a way more physical game than baseball is. So I think you have think about how many block shots you do. Think about how hard you're skating. How have you not pulled something hard enough where you can't play? Or had the flu. Like, this guy hasn't had the flu for the last 830 games. Like, it is impressive that he's playing all those games. It is, but my, my I think my biggest issue is, like, why is he crying? Like, yeah, that why was... Why was he crying in that interview? Like, I, I understand that it's a big thing. But, like, dude, you're a millionaire hockey player. You had one of the longest streaks in the history of the NHL. And you don't know if it would have lasted. He could have gotten injured four games later. At least this time, Destiny was kind of in his hands. Like, he can always say, I would have broken the streak. But yeah, I got suspended on a bullshit call. Like, he always has that going for him. Like, at the end of the day, there's a very good chance, statistically speaking, he was probably going to get injured before the streak even that, like, Yeah, ended. exactly. I was going to say that, too. Like, let's say they don't suspend him, right? And the next game, he takes a slap shot to the fucking hand, and then he's out. Like, you can't just, just like, do that. I just think, like, crying... Because you didn't get to continue an individual accomplishment in a team sport is fucking stupid. Yeah. Can he be salty? Sure. Can he go home and punch a hole in his wall and scare his dog when he does it and like lock himself in a room and listen to sad music and just fucking cry and drink a bottle of whiskey? Simple punch plan. Him. Simple plan. I would respect All right, that. Well, Andrew Cogliano is probably not drinking bottles of whiskey, dude. Let's be serious. I don't know. Dude. It looks like... When he's when you're crying in an interview like that, you might have just been on a bender. Like, you think you're like, hitting this sauce a little bit? <laughs> I just like I don't know, man. I just thought the theatrics was kind of ridiculous, and I guess like I could put myself in his shoes, but at the same time, I do not think I would cry. I don't think it's that big of a story. Like you're right. At the end of the day, the NHL is doing what people are saying they weren't doing, and now people are mad about it, so it's very confusing. Yeah, and like <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because I'm like a huge pussy when it comes to. Like, sometimes I just want to, like, not go to work because, like, I, I have a little bit of a headache. And, like, I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to work today. And, like, my dad will call me and be like, You're f- you fucking pussy, I can't believe this shit. Like, I, I, I can't imagine what my dad would if he was Andrew Cogliano's dad, like, what he would have said, like, fuck the NHL, you're going to work anyway. Just something and, like that. And, yeah, you're right, dude. If there's one person I know who wouldn't have an Iron Man streak in the NHL, it would probably be you. Just, like... Thinking back to like our days when we were in college and we worked that man we worked manual labor at a fucking racetrack. And I remember like waking up after a night with the boys like in your loft and like just being so hungover and your dad's like, You're not fucking skipping work today, bud. <laughs> yeah. <You're getting> <laughs> yeah. There's no days off with the sheriff, man. No days off. I used to have, I used to, have to sit and hide from our bosses in our pickup truck to wait for him to show up to work an hour late because he was up watching fucking Degrassi last night until 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Stop swiping the fucking table. Come on, man. This is a professional thing. I'm fidgeting. Stop fidgeting. I need, I need a fidget spinner. Are those things still in? I don't think so. I think the Tide Pod things are in now. Is that even, dude? I don't understand. Speaking of other things, I don't understand, dude. Why is that a fucking thing? Why are people eating Tide Pods? Is that a real thing, dude? Like, do people actually care? Is that just high school? I was told that there are stores now that have to put locks on the Tide Pods. Do you get high? I don't know. I'm not doing it. I thought you would die if you ingest, like, laundry detergent. <laughs> okay. Here's a good question. If you could pick one player in that NHL, though. One player in the NHL who would eat a Tide Pod. Who would it be? Do you have somebody in mind? 
I mean, we could always go back to a podcast favorite, Robin Leonard, but I'm going to keep thinking for a second. Uh, I think I, I think it, it'd be Philadelphia Flyer holiday party. Oh, Gudis will do anything. Hey, Gudis, take one of these and he'd eat it, and he would, there'd be no, like, nothing on his face. Like, it was just normal for him. Radko Gudis eats Tide Pods. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, who's that kid? Who's that kid that uh, he was on the World Junior team a few years back, and he used to make like six stick handling videos in his driveway. Sonny Milano, and... dude. Sonny Milano looks like the type of kid who would see a viral video, maybe snap on a couple times. Yeah, with like a Hollister T-shirt on and a flat brim snapback. <laughs> with that sick hair going, he just had a big game for the Loch Ness monsters up in Lake Erie. Snap. <laughs> It's 100% Alright, let's get back on track. You gotta stop fidgeting, because when you do it, it's like fucking very loud. I like our I like our listeners to kind of think I'm going through a tunnel or something. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, oh, last oh, thing, man, last thing in NHL the news, Hal has a Vegas hot take. Yeah, yeah, this is super hot. People are gonna think I'm so stupid. Uh, Vegas should blow it up. <laughs> in what sense, dude? Just to trade everybody? Yeah, I think, I think like, I'm not even going to be able to articulate myself well on this one. So, Las Vegas Golden Knights are like second in the NHL right now. They're playing so well. They don't stand, I do not think they stand a chance in the playoffs. They got Wild Bill Carlson shooting at like 45%. Fucking goddamn it. Like, how is that happening? Marc-Andre Fleury has like a 940 save percentage. Like, what's going on there is unbelievable. It's such a cool story. It is not sustainable. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are not a serious threat. And the bottom line is this. Did they make some good trades in the expansion draft? Sure, they got a couple pieces here and there. But they have, like, three prospects. They have, like, Reed Duke, who's a nobody. They have Suzuki, and they drafted, like, two other kids that are pretty good. But they have no prospect pool. They need prospects on prospects on prospects. So if I was them, and it would piss fans off, and I that's the problem is I think you might lose your fan base. In the long run, I feel like what's going to hurt Las Vegas more than anything else is the fact that they had this hot success because I think next year they're going to suck, and I think at the end of the year they might make the playoffs, but they get first-round bounce. Now you have like a 16th overall pick, and you have nothing to show for it, and you're just as stuck as you were before. Yeah. No, I mean, and I I think they could do it without really pissing people off because James Neal, I think that's a name that's probably – it's been out there. So that, that wouldn't be shocking if they traded James Neal, I don't think. I'm just saying, like, dude, think about Will Car- Wild Bill Carlson. What's his trade value right now? It's through the roof. Mm-hmm. The guy had, like, 29 points last year. He has, like, 25 goals right now. Like, it's definitely not going to happen. It's definitely a little nonsensical. But I think that this is going to hurt the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the long run. So, I, Yeah, because most expansion teams come in the league and they suck. And then they get another top, what, three pick? Yeah. And then, like, if you, yeah. Yeah. I, get that. I mean, like, think about all the legends. I mean, where would Nashville be if they didn't draft? Oh fuck, that was a terrible example. David Legwand. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't your best. <laughs> well, if you think about it, the Blue Jackets had Rick Nash. Uh, Anaheim Ducks. They had Paul Correa. Minnesota had Gabrick at the early stage of his career. They had all these young guns that they got at the top of drafts. I can't believe I started off with Nashville. That's so fucking bad. <laughs> But my point being is, like, you need these young guys. In today's NHL, it's, like, proof. If you don't have an 18-, 19-year-old stud that has a $900,000 cap it and is going to be the franchise in the future, then you're fucked. Yeah. No, I I definitely – they're not going to do it, but I understand where you're coming from. I hope – dude, I don't know why. I just hope the Las Vegas Golden Knights, like, don't make the playoffs or something. Just like, I'm so sick of feel-good stories. 
Damn. All right. Well, we're gonna. That's NHL in the news. We're gonna move on right now to uh, our Twitter questions. Yeah. Trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. Twitter questions. All right. Here we go. So Allison Moore asks, "What is the biggest surprise to you guys uh, this season, excluding Vegas?" Uh, do you want me to go first, or do you? Yeah, go. You go first, dude. Because I yeah, go ahead. The Avalanche are good, which is fucking crazy. Because they were the joke of the league last year. They get rid of Duchesne. Since January first, they haven't been losing a hockey game. Yeah, that's pretty I fucking mean, like, crazy. We talked about this last week. Yeah, like, I don't know. We might be pretty smart, like because I, I think the national media like picked up on it right after us. I think mm-hmm. we were on the fucking cusp of this one. I agree, dude. They're really good. I mean, McKinnon's unbelievable. I put out a tweet that this just like so our Twitter account like isn't sick, but like I can like just like find a generic GIF and like put it up there of a highlight and get like at least like fifteen like twenty interactions with it. Like you can get something. I McKinnon had this snipe like, and it was such a perfect one timer. You couldn't even see the puck; it was going so fast, and it had like one light. Like no one cares about the Avalanche. No one cares about McKinnon, and it makes no sense, dude. Like I feel like Denver should be a sick hockey town, but it's not, mm-hmm. and it's a sick team. Like I agree, dude. Do you think they make the playoffs? Ah, uh, dude, that's a rough division. Now that sh- now that Chicago may be at- without Crawford, which is something that we completely forgot to discuss, is uh, Crawford. I think is out for the year. Um, they got a shot. They they have a shot. I look. Denver should be a fucking sick place to play hockey. They have the best jerseys in the league. Well, one of the best jerseys in the league that, that aren't original six. Um, they have the history of of Wah and Foot Forsberg Sackick. Like, I I like Colorado a lot. Uh, as did ex uh, business development Dale. Uh, quick shout out to new business development Keith. Keep doing your thing, dude. But uh, that would be my surprise. What's yours? Uh, I don't know, man. There's so many different stories that you could look at. Obviously, like the Golden Knights, uh, the whole situation. And that, like, I don't know if it's really a major story, but it's something that's caught my eye. Is Jack Eichel is actually like good? Yeah. Like he was injured last year, and like he's been on the cusp of putting it together. I mean, the team he is on is so bad. He's got 46 uh, games played, 44 points, and he's carrying that team, dude. And I think he's, like, getting back to the point. Like, I think people started to lose him. Like, Austin Matthews came along, and it was like, Jack Eichel, who? Like, I – if you put a – and this is probably another really hot take. If you put a gun to my head, would you rather have Austin Matthews or Jack Eichel on your be team? Careful. I'm not saying I would take Eichels, but I would 100% think about it. Cousin Eddie, I would take Austin Matthews and all Leafs fans that listen to this podcast. I would take Matthews. That is Hal and not Ked. Why? Why would you take Austin Matthews because, over? Because I, I'm not, because you know I hated him and now I love him. He's a fucking stud. He's on my fantasy team. He fucking scores a shit ton of goals. He's a, he. But Eichel's outproducing him this year. Dude, okay. When we played high school hockey, the guy who fucking led our league was on the last place team. He had like seventy goals because he just hanged the whole time. Does that mean he's a better player than somebody on a good team? No. Pretzel. That's not a pretzel, though, dude, because I don't think it's comparable. This isn't high school hockey. This is, like, this is the show. Like, I'm just saying, dude, and I'm not hating on Austin Matthews whatsoever. I just think that Jack Eichel does not get the love that he deserves. And I, I think last year all of, like, Leafs fans that were laughing about how bad Eichel were, all the Leafs fans are like, oh, Eichel sucks. Eichel was injured last year. And now all the Sabre fans are like, oh, Matthews sucks, and Matthews has been injured this year, so... In my mind, my point being, 
in synopsis, in conclusion, to wrap this up, I think they are at least equals. I, I think Jack Eichel is just as good as uh, Austin Matthews, and I'm interested to see how their careers end. All right, well, 10, 15 years from now, we'll rewind this podcast, and we'll, 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 we'll see what the fuck's going on. Here, okay, here is how I would make the comparison. In 10, 15 years, I bet you that Austin Matthews has so many goals. Austin Matthews is going to have a career. He's a center, so this isn't the best comparison, but I think he's going to be remembered in the light as, like, Brett Hall, one of the nastiest releases, an unbelievable player, somebody you'd love to build a team around. And I think Jack Eichel, like, this comparison doesn't work at all because I think if Jack Eichel was on a good team, I think Jack Eichel could be like a Steve Yeiserman type. Like I, I really do believe that if Jack Eichel was on a good team, and maybe not, dude, because at the same time he like rides tricycles around with like Ryan Hart and he's kind of a fucking clown. But I just think Jack Eichel is a. I don't know. I, I 10, 15 years give me a call, dude. I think sure. 10, 15 years Austin Matthews will still be on the Toronto Maple Leafs. 10, 15 years, I don't know if Eichel will be on the Sabres. True. That's true too. All right, moving along. Here we go. Second question. Sports on Tap wants to know, what, if any, moves should the Leafs make? Ah, decent segue. Um, Leafs are playing good hockey. I think if they had a number one or number two defenseman added to that team, they would be scary good. I just don't know what they would have to give up to get that. I don't know if they get rid of, like, a Nylander or a Marner for that player. If that will just fuck up their entire forwards, I I, I don't know. I, if you can add a defenseman, I just don't know what you would have to give up to get that. Because I saw a, a Nylander for McDonough thing for like weeks, and I mean Leafs fans are all saying, "Oh, we want to want Ryan McDonough." Listen, guys, trust me, you would. He's a fucking very good hockey player. Um, I I mean, if if the Rangers were to trade McDonough just for Nylander, I'd be pissed as a Rangers fan. And I think the Leafs would be pissed as Leafs fans, which is weird, but I don't know. What do you what do you have? What moves would you make if you were the Leafs, if any? Uh, I don't know, man. I talked about this like last week on the podcast. People forget that the Leafs, this is like year two of their rebuild. They said they had a five year plan on the rebuild before they really want to be cup contenders. So I would not do anything. If anything, and people are once again gonna think I'm a fucking idiot, I think I've had a lot of terrible takes on this podcast, but I still kind of stand behind them. They should sell, if anything. They're in third place. They're going to probably end up in a six series of the Bruins. That series is going to be unbelievable. They could easily beat the Bruins. I could 100% see that, and I could 100% see the Bruins beating the Leafs. That series is going to be a barn burner if it works out the way I think it's going to, but I don't see them beating the Leafs. I don't see them beating anybody in the other division in the East. Like, I don't see it. Like, I, they, you're right, dude. They don't have a defenseman, and that's the bottom line, and like, Yes, Riley's a good player, and yes, Gardner's a good player, but they do not have a core of defensemen that are going to win you a cup anytime soon, and I like firmly stand by that. And if that means selling off a few pieces this year, then I think that's what you need to do. Like, Maybe get rid of a guy like Bozak. See if you can get to a cup contender, like a second-round pick or a first-round pick or something. Use those assets that you're accruing and try to go and then go get a defenseman. Now you have a star young player. You're going to probably have to get rid of like one of Marner and Nylander eventually anyway. Now you have a young chip like that and some more like tools and like different pieces you can throw in a straight. Now you can actually start looking at a real defenseman. It would be the heel turn of the century that the Leafs could put together a prospect pool to get like Eric Carlson. Oh you my imagine? god. That would be that would be crazy. Or I could hundred percent see isn't Drew Dowdy supposed to be a free agent kinda soon? Yep. 
That'd be another guy. Drew Dowdy would 100% be the guy. If I was the Leafs, I'd be like, once we get a guy like that, we are set. So, to me, like, Leafs fans, I would not buy. I know it's so exciting, and the Leafs have sucked for so long. You have such a good core and such a bright future, but, like, don't rush it. Like, do not start getting rid of pieces, like, because you are hungry for it now. Let it happen naturally. I agree with that. Um, and then the last one that we have, Breg Mania wants to know, if the season ended today, who is the Norris winner? Um, I go with P.K. Subban. He's been fucking crushing it in Nashville. He's got 10 goals, 24 assists. He's playing on a great team. Uh, he's played very well. I think they just got Ryan Ellis back. That'll only help those guys out. Uh, so I think it's about time Subban's gotten some recognition. The guy's a fucking great defenseman. We talked about if there was the most valuable player for warm-ups at P.K. Subban. We're doing that every single year. The guy's unreal talented. Uh, Dark Horse. Mike Kelly on Twitter tweeted this. John Klingberg, uh who has 46 points so far this year. He has uh, 6 goals, 40 assists. 10-point lead in the D-man scoring race. A lot more to his game than just offense. Smart with the puck. Top 10 in defensive and neutral zone turnover rate and a top defensive team. Stars allow the fewest inner slot shots in the NHL. I didn't see this coming. I knew he was a good player. I just didn't see Klingberg be fucking doing this shit this year. So, I don't know. Who do you got on the Norris? Uh, it's tough, man. Like... Part of me wants to say Drew Dowdy just because he means so much to that team. I just talked about him. But he's like, he leads the team in uh, power play. He's like second in penalty kill. He's, got, he's playing that points too this year. Sometimes when you talk, talk Drew Dowdy, like, you know, he's a good defenseman, but sometimes the points may not be there. The points are definitely there this year for that guy. Yeah, I don't think this is like anywhere near as good as the LA teams they've had in the past. So, like, he's carrying them. So I guess I would look at him. But, like, to me, the Norris Trophy is something that. It's cool when you put up a ton of points, but I think the best way to really see who should win the Norris is look at like the last, like we're getting to that point, the last fourth of the season, the last 20 games. That defenseman that just eats up monster times, putting up points, is a stud in his D zone and is leading his team to the playoffs. Like whatever defenseman is really stepping his game up at the end of the year and is just dominating, and there's always like two or three guys that just like turn it on at the end of the year. Like I, I think the Norris Trophy out of all the awards is the one award where like that always should come down to the wire just because of the way, like, how important defensemen should be in a cup run. No, I, I, I agree with that as well. Um, thank you for the Twitter questions. We do this every Sunday, so if you guys have questions during the week, just fucking tag us on Twitter, at morning underscore skate, and just let us know, and we'll talk about it. Uh, moving on, Dom Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Dom, take it away. Hey, fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Thank you, Dom. Heroes and Zeros. Hal, you want to go first or me? You go first. All right, my hero. Uh, so this weekend I played in a Lake Placid uh, hockey tournament. I didn't even get to tell you this. I saw one of the worst injuries I've ever seen in my entire life. I was on the ice for it. One of our guys got shoved in the back, like in this one guy's lane, and braced himself. And the other kid runs directly into his shoulder. How He was out cold for like three seconds. And I was on the ice. I was right there. So I put up my hand. I was like, ref, ref, ref. He wasn't moving. And he started moving, which made me feel better. And he picked his head up, dude, and there was just blood squirting everywhere. And I'm talking like you could fill up a bucket with this guy. Like, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I thought he did something with his neck because the blood was coming out of his face so much. Uh, guy on their bench, his name's Fitzy. He works in, like, a trauma unit or whatever. Comes out. It took the medic 10 minutes to get there. So this Fitzy guy is helping this kid out. I'll show you pictures afterwards. Uh fucking really helped this kid out and save this kid. So my hero of the week goes to that Fitzy guy because not only did he help this kid out, the medic gets there and the medic goes, I can take him. He goes, no, I'm going to take him to the hospital. And it was in the first period. So this guy not only helped out this guy, 
left the game and brought this kid to the hospital. So my hero of the week goes to that fucking guy because that's badass. What a true American hero. It, I've never seen. I've never really been that scared in a hockey game. I've never seen anything that bad. I really honestly thought that this kid may like die. There was blood everywhere, so that sucked. But my hero of the Wait, week goes to Fitzy. How did he get injured? Can you repeat that part? Uh, he a kid on our team got pushed in the back, like into this kid's lane with the puck, and our guy just kind of like braced himself, and this kid fucking went head first into his shoulder. Our guy gets back to the bench, he looks at his shoulder, and there were pieces of this kid's mustache on his shoulder. Oh, Jesus Christ. Roadkill. Yeah, seriously. It was fucked up. I, I will, I'll text you the pictures while you tell me the hero, your uh, hero of the week. Alright, my hero of the week is John Tortorello, who came out with another fire of a quote. Uh, torts. This is tweeted by Steve Gorton. I don't know who Steve Gorton is. Looks like he uses a lot of hair products. Torts on Columbus Blue Jackets, players having fun in Vegas. <clears throat> I want them to go out. Playing guilty is a big part of being a real good player in the NHL. We don't have that anymore. Heaven forbid. We have agents and their whole entourage making sure you drink that carrot juice and all this stuff. I mean, A+. Plus. Torts is like that angry grandpa who doesn't like when things change. Uh, I hope Tortorella never actually changes. It doesn't surprise me that uh, Tortorella's never participated in a juice cleanse. It's just like the perfect quote, dude. I love how Tortorella like wants when they go to Vegas. He's hoping his team's hungover, so then he can just fucking yell at them even more to get them going. A hundred percent. I I will always go back and forth on Tortorella because like he's a shitty coach, but he's also like kind of like an awesome coach and like in like a very stereotypical way. Like, would I want Tortorella leading my NHL team? No, but like if I created an NHL team, like made a movie about it, like in a fantasy land, I would want that coach to be John Tortorella. Yeah, and like. To, have, to know that your coach is, like, telling you go get buckled with the boys and then we're going to go out here and rally a win, I think that I think that mindset is, like, something that the whole NHL needs to pertain. Because think about it. The the Golden Knights have lost, like, two games at home. It's, like, ridiculous. They're, like, a 500 team on the road. They can't get beat at home. Clearly, everyone is. He's right. Everyone's probably just locked in their rooms, drinking their chai lattes, like, watching the news and going to bed at 7.30. It's not working, guys. It's, like... <laughs> Be yourselves. Like, when they go on the road in other towns, like in New York City, it seems like the players are always getting fucked up when they go to play the Rangers. Like, do the same shit. Go out in Vegas and get buckled. And then play a game with the boys. Because I guarantee it, if, and I'll stop this terrible rant because I'm, like, really talking a lot right now. If you go and you get fucked up with your team in Las Vegas, like, have an epic night, and you wake up the next day, and you go, and you beat Vegas in their home rink, like, that rallies the season. Mm-hmm. around. Like, you are, like, a family at that point, and there's nothing stopping that team. It's all-time it's all time hockey, man. That's what they all it, used to do, and the, they all used to get fucked up and just go play hockey. If you get a chance, read Sean Avery's book. Chris Chelios is a goddamn savage. He'd be out until 6 a.m. in the morning pounding beers, and then be the first one at practice, first in line, doing all the drills. I agree with that. I, I like that. I think sometimes it's probably stressful as a hockey player just sitting in your room in Vegas being like, well, guess what I really want to do right now, but I don't know if I can. Where Torts is like, all right, boys, let's go. And then either Torts is a genius because either they're going to win and he's like, fuck yeah, I told you so, or they're going to lose and he can go peak Torts on their ass. <laughs> yeah. Torts is definitely the type of coach that tells you to do one thing and then you go out there and you do it and it doesn't work and he's fucking yelling at you. Yeah, 100%. That was like when we played high school hockey and we had that team building and we did capture the flag and one of our coaches told us to cheat. So we cheated like three times and we won and our head coach found out and started yelling at everybody. And he's like, hey, Pete, you know anything about this? And he's like, 
I don't have a clue. I don't know what's going on. Shout out Pete Lord, D3 goalie legend. Awesome guy. Um, all right, my zero of the. Do you want? You can do your zero because my my zero kind of carries off of your zero a little. No, bit. you go. You do yours. We'll we'll do it together. Uh, because I have a second zero. So this is kind of Ked's zero that I'm somehow introducing because we got fucking lost in this. Uh, anyone who talks shit about Kid Rock's an idiot. Um, <laughs> not I, I. Okay, well I want to preface this because I didn't know. I didn't know that Kid Rock was like political now, and I don't know his political stances. And I'm sure you can not assume, dude. The average American. You can assume his political stances. Yes, I mean I can obviously assume them, and I'm sure they're politically incorrect. I don't give a fuck about Kid Rock, the politician, or the spokesman, or whatever he is. I care about Kid Rock going out there and playing ball with the ball. I mean, it's going to be an electric performance, and like we always shit on like the. Like the half times and like the all star games, the winter classic playing like these stupid ass bands. And like now we get one that's like Kid Rock's the perfect mix for the NHL because he's kind of stupid, but he's also kind of fucking awesome. Like bangers upon bangers. And the best part about all of this too was the two players that really love Kid Rock. One was JR, Jeremy Roenick. I mean, everyone should have saw that one coming. JR was in Kid Rock's corner. No brainer. I can't believe I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, They've definitely, he's been backstage at a few concerts. And then Brett Hull retweeted JR and was like, love Kid Rock. So, I mean, if those two guys can get behind Kid Rock, that's so good fucking eye. Uh, the Brett Hull thing's funny because also in Sean Avery's book, he talks about how he, it was either Brett Hull's house or Chris Jellio's house. They were all there, and that was the first time they ever met Kid Rock. And they said that Kid Rock was a fucking awesome guy and all this shit. So, that completely makes sense to me. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. I just think, like, I think it, if anything, like even if it's bad, it's gonna be funny. Yeah. Like it's gonna be entertaining. Like I will, I'm going to watch when Kid Rock performs. It's actually might be the number one reason why I'm gonna watch the All Star Game. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, my zero is Larry Brooks, who's the New York uh, Rangers writer in the Post for these two articles he wrote this week. The one was entitled "NHL's Embrace of Kid Rock is Offensive and Makes No Sense." Larry Brooks, you don't make any fucking sense. Didn't Dan Boyle put you in your fucking your playpen, pal? No, no one to speak. And then a second one was, Rangers will be without key defensemen to start the road trip. And guess who the fucking picture of that article was? Mark Stahl. When has Mark Stahl been a key defenseman for the fucking New York Rangers? Ever? Fuck. Uh, oh. Not, not a good week for Larry Brooks in my mind. You just, like, snapped. And then you were like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Like, I could, that was, like, painful for you right there. That was a little painful. Yeah, Larry Brooks sucks. I, I don't. Just another one of those beat writers. That's the worst. I mean, beat writers are so fifty-fifty. We talked about it before. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out. Zero of the week it was tweeted off the account. Uh, the guy at the Bruins game who had his face completely painted, kind of yep. like the character, the New Jersey Devils character on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy move to do that. Go into Montreal, and then his buddy was sitting there with a I'm with stupid shirt, which like. I don't know if they planned this and it was like a joke or someone lost the bet, but like how many people in the year 2017 have an I will stupid shirt lying around? Like, yeah. honestly, you're kind of stupid if you have an I will stupid shirt. So who's stupider? I will stupid shirt guy or the guy who was completely bald and painted his like entire head, like the Bruins logo. It was crazy. That was such an asinine move that like, I feel like if you're a Bruins fan, you're in Montreal and like you wear a Bruins jersey, you're going to get targeted. 
But I think the Montreal people aren't going to fuck with somebody who actually puts that shit on their face. So that's kind of badass. So I'm going to go the the more stupider, which is a pretty stupid sentence, is the guy wearing the I'm with stupid t-shirt. Stupid. Fucker, right. idiot. But that, that was Don Moore's three stars. Oh. Or Don Moore's heroes and zeros. What, one more thing? Yeah, one more zero of the week. Patty B hotline. Uh, just want to remind you, uh, this is your suspension that you are serving. Clean it up. You'll probably hear this in three weeks, and you'll probably ask us a question along the lines of, uh, what uh, do you think who, who, who should win the Norris Trophy? What do you guys think of Kid Rock? This is Pat. Uh, Patty B, you, you're very important to this podcast, so yeah. put your head down and get back to the drawing board. And also, you said three weeks. It's probably going to be in, like, three minutes, because I released this on Sunday nights. So, like, you guys can actually listen to this on Sunday night, but it, most people wake up Monday. Every Monday morning, I fucking go and I look at our analytics, and there's always like one play the night of. So I'm pretty sure Pat Ballantyne, he he has the noties on for when these are released. So, quick shout out to Patty B. We appreciate what you do. Now, we're gonna move into our three star selection. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. Three stars of the week. The stupid fucking NHL bye week is now over. So three stars of the week this week are the top three things that, you know, that we did to help pass the time by when our teams were, uh, were on their bye. So my, uh, my third star of the week is binge a new Netflix show. Now that you have, like, n- nothing really going on hockey-wise, kind of take a step back and put on a Netflix show. I've been, uh, I've been watching Dexter. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, a while back, Real, real fucking creepy show, but I've been fucking hammering that when the Rangers are on their bye week. So, third star of the week, Netflix show. All right, yeah. I mean, I'm in a little bit of a different situation than you because I have a female roommate and uh, you get to live by yourself. So, the NHL bye week was like one of the worst weeks of my life. (laughs) Third star was... For you guys, he's tearing up right now. I stayed at work a little bit later, a couple of nights, and got a few things done because I had nothing to do when I went home. I don't know. <laughs> That's your third star. You stay late at work. <laughs> hate your life. Yeah, hate your life. All right, what's your second star? <laughs> my uh, my second star, you're going to hate me. Take more naps. I'm a big nap guy. I love fucking napping. Uh, the Rangers are on their bye week. I just crush some naps, man. It's time to catch up, get rejuvenated. It's not only a bye week for the players, but it's a bye week for yourself. <laughs> That's fair, dude. I mean, that was very upbeat. Yeah. It's nice to take. I can't. Here's the thing, though, dude. I can't take naps, like, past 5 o'clock or else, like, I won't fall asleep. Can you nap at night? I nap anytime, buddy. I can't, like, dude. If I nap, like, past 3 o'clock, like, it's going to be a long night for me. Uh, fuck. My number two star... Well, it's probably taking longer poops. Uh, if you're like, if there's a game on, like, you know, you got intermission, you have like, intermission to me in an NHL game, like, those, like, two, like, 20-minute periods, like, I actually, like, I literally sometimes, as soon as the period ends, I go on my phone and I put a timer on for 20 minutes, and then I try to get as much done as accomplished as possible. Sometimes that includes taking a poop, but that's a rushed poop that's like a 30-second to a minute poop and you're out, like... No hockey game on. I'm probably gonna be in there for 20 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. There's so, no there's social no, media. Yeah, social media, a few different things. Maybe read a couple articles. Check the local news blog, blotter. See if anyone from high school got arrested. 
Just some depressing shit, yeah. <laughs> That's our favorite thing to do. Um, yeah. Quick shout-out yeah. to a kid I work with. Uh, his name's Craig. Uh, he has this thing called the Squatty Potty. Have you ever heard of this thing? You put you put it at the bottom of your toilet and it lifts your feet up and you have like A plus poops. So next next bye week, get yourself a squatty potty and just get. What out is here. Uh, what is the logic behind that? It like opens the sphincter. I guess so. I don't know. I it's fucking magic though. It's good stuff. <laughs> we need them to get a sponsor. Who's your uh, first star of the week and your team's on a bye week? And you want to kill yourself? Uh, first star of the week, play more hockey. Uh, sometimes I think everybody in the capital district knows that. I've, I will play pretty much anytime, anywhere, unless the New York Rangers are on. Uh, my old man and I, we watch the Rain- pretty much every single Rangers game, so I actually got to go out on days that I normally want to go out and play hockey, so that would be mine. Uh, my number one star. Man, dude, I literally hated that week. I, my number one star, I guess, would be... I can't do it, dude. I can't. My number one star is fuck the bye week. My number one star of bye week is just being pissed off all week long and just waiting for the week to be over and just being super excited for Saturday because you know that the Bruins had a nighttime game against the Canadians. That's all I had to look forward to. So just being grumpy and pissed off was my uh, number one star of bye week. Things to do. We had two very different bye weeks. Yeah, you enjoyed yours. You like refreshed your chat, your batteries, and I was just like, fuck my life. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's this week's podcast. Uh, if you guys get a chance, follow us on Twitter at morning underscore skate. Same with Instagram. Uh, we're getting up there. We're almost at 10,000 on Twitter, and we're above 4,000 on Instagram. So keep that popping off for the boys. Uh, if you get a chance, tell your friends to check out the show, too. Um, we've been getting some pretty good reviews and stuff like that. So we appreciate everybody who actually takes time out of their day to listen to the two, uh, two idiots talk hockey. So, Hal, do you have anything else? Uh, Patriots, Eagles, who you got? Ooh, um, Patriots. Yeah, dude, I was so happy, like, I, I love the state of Minnesota, and I love Minnesota hockey, but I just want to put it out there, that skull chant sucks. You didn't like that? I thought it was kind of, dude, I, I thought it was kind of cool when the entire stadium was, like, doing it. No, it was super cool in case Keenum was leading it and shit like that. Yeah. But then, like, there's a video today where they're, like, Philadelphia doing it, and, like, they did it at the Minnesota Wild game, like. Oh, Blake Wheeler. Stop. Also, dude, I mean, I'm glad that, I mean, good for the Wild because now it's back to the state of hockey. That must suck having a Super Bowl in your hometown when you just lost it and now we have to, like, celebrate this shit. Yeah, and uh, as we've been doing this podcast, I keep looking up and, like, we, I was watching some of the game. They were up, like, fucking 30 points, and the guys on defense for the Eagles were doing the school chant while Minnesota was like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bad look. Brutal. All right. That's enough fucking football talk. Have a good week. All right. See you guys. That's brutal. Uh, uh, young money. Young money. Yeah. Yeah. I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. Who the fuck are y'all? I swear it feels like the last few nights We've been everywhere and back But I just can't remember it all What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh yeah, that's right, I'm doing me I'm doing me I'm 